with God's Word as our authority, we, the Restructured Podcast, would like to set forth a proposal to God's people, the New Testament Church, to become of a Berean nature in pursuit to know the Scriptures. The Church in our generation, we believe, has become a distant shadow of what the body of Christ should look like. It will be our endeavor to bring forth things for God's people to think on and consider as they search God's Word to see if these things are so. Hello, everybody. This is the Restructure Buck. Hey, hey look. <laughs> it's going to happen every time. So, we're, we're talking about confessing. Okay, we're confessing your faults and talking about, like, the line of confessing versus reclusing, you know? And when we talk about, like... Um, being Hezekiah, we talk about confessing our faults, it not being one-sided. That's where my brain goes. No wonder the Catholics go to a booth. No wonder one person speaks to one person. The 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 uh, whatever the the bishop priest dude doesn't turn <laughs> and tell you his faults. No, no. What happens? No, you tell him your faults. And for some reason, yeah, for some reason, there's a generation. And I, I mean, they are still being taught this way. I don't know. I didn't go to Bible college. But there's a generation where it, it feels like that a lot of guys and women were taught that if you're in the ministry, especially if you're in the role of a pastor or an evangelist, uh, that you have to be above the people. Okay, That, that you have to live uh, a, a life that uh, is reclusive, that no one can know about. Um, I was, I was instructed that it, I, I would, I shouldn't have friends here at the church. Now I, I, I will say that I can't talk to my friends here at the church the way that I can talk to, you know, a fellow pastor about things, but man, I, I've got friends in this church. I'm talking about people that I hang out with. I go do things with, uh, not just in a, in a church setting, but you know, as friends, we go out and do things and, and, and enjoy it. I mean, I like the church setting things too, but, um, you know, uh, but they, they, they were reclusive, uh, as secretive, um, everything was always a secret. Um, and, and then, you know, while I never, I don't, I don't think that, you know, I, uh, any of them were trying to say I'm better than everyone else. It was a persona that was that was uh, presented. Okay, um, I don't think it was even the heart of. I don't think it's the heart of them. I think that it's just they were taught this is the way they're supposed to be, and so it's just kind of perpetuated. You know what I mean? Hmm. And uh, it's something that I thought I was supposed to start doing, but man, I just I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't find scripture to back up that type of thinking. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't let the Holy Spirit just wouldn't allow me to have that type of thinking. Um, and so, man, I I love this. Uh, a pastor, a matter of fact, you know, Brother Lonnie Moore. Brother Lonnie Moore said this. He says, "Shepherds should smell like sheep." Hmm. And I like that. Now, the problem is, I don't even really consider myself a shepherd. Okay, and I know we use the term under shepherd, but that's not a term you're going to find in the Bible. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm simply, I'm a sheep. I'm just a sheep. I'm just part of the flock. But I ought to be the sheep that's closest to the shepherd. Okay. Um, I ought to be the sheepers that, you know, they're, 
There, there, there should be no one in the church that's following him more fervently. Not that can't follow as fervently, but there should be no one following more fervently than me. Um, and I believe that, but that still doesn't place me in any place of righteousness or, or, or uh, in some place of sinlessness or, or in any place to where I am not under any obligation, where I'm under any obligation to, uh, to conceal things from folks. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just as obligated to confess my faults as anyone else. Uh, but the problem is we're too worried about people treating us differently because they know a little bit about us. Yeah. Which to that point, yes, because it happens. Right. Well, it does. I mean, it does. We treat people differently. We treat people differently. Yeah. I mean, I look. It's it's human nature to compare. Okay. It's not human nature to be Christ-like. It's just not. That's why we need the Word of God. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Okay. It does not come natural to act like Christ. It is actually anti-Christ to come natural. Okay. I can do all things through Larry because that's what he's good at. Okay. I don't think it means what you think it means. It wasn't a word. It was a verse, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we, we, we do, we struggle. We, we struggle to love like Christ does. You know, Romans chapter 14 talks about us receiving everyone. Okay. Everyone. Especially the brethren, we're to receive it, even if we think differently or act differently. Okay, it talks and it brings up you know the eating and the not eating. And listen, folks, that passage is not about what you eat, what you don't eat. Okay, it's it's talking about our beliefs, our our core doctrine, even. Okay, listen, you may have completely core different core doctrine than me, and things that just I just do not agree with. But if you have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you are a born-again child of God, then you have every bit as much right to be at the table of Christ as I do. And I don't get to pick and choose who's been invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm just glad I get to be there. And I have to remember that I'm going to be kneeling down next to everybody else that is called on Christ, no matter what their theological methodology is, no matter what their doctrines are, no matter how pragmatic or non-pragmatic they are, whatever you want to say, no matter how dogmatic, okay, or non-dogmatic, doesn't matter. We are all going to kneel and we're all going to confess that he is Christ. And none of us get to pick and choose who goes, not even one of us. Mm. Yet we're so worried about people seeing who we really are. So why is that? What do we do? How do we fix it? Well, one oh, thing. One Obedience. Thing. <laughs> there it is. The end. Boop. Obedience. Obedience is the very best way. Oh, man. You're not going to finish the song. Right? Please stop. Doing okay, it that's exactly the wrong one. Lord commands, doing it happily. Okay, so action is the key. Would you, all right, would you please stop? Would you, okay, I'm just gonna keep hitting buttons. Um, would wouldn't you say? Would it be accurate? Like one aspect of this, the reason that it's not done in personal lives, like this is a personal charge. This is not like let's change the way that we do all of our church all at once. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is really about how we do church. No, it's not. It's our personal life. It's personally living together in the body of Christ. Okay. So would it be accurate to say that the reason that we don't do this, it's going to sound weird to say this, but is because we don't do this. And what I mean by this, okay, hold on. Because we are not. What I mean by this is water. 
let me explain, okay? We don't do this. We don't confess because we're not actively confessing. Like, we are not in the practice of it. And I don't mean practice, like, let's practice. I mean, we are not actually doing it. And if we uh, develop that habit in our lives, and I'm not, I know we have to guard against it being a tradition or a ritual, but if we embrace the spirit in our lives of confession to each other, would that not stop the cycle? Be one way. I'm not saying it's the end all be all. I'm saying it's one aspect. Okay. So first off, you said this is not, you know, you said, do we have to change the way we do church? This is not about how we do church. Yeah. This isn't about our corporate coming together for the purpose of hearing from and meeting with God. Or meeting with and hearing from God. Okay, so it's not you're that's, not that's you're what, saying it's not don't imp, you're not saying to implement it, it into a right, worship service, but it or is part service. of the body of Christ. Yep. Okay, so there's there's doing church or having a service, and then there's being the church. Okay, so if we're gonna be the church, <laughs> oh my goodness! If we're gonna be the church. I'm not going to look at you right now. I know because I know exactly. I'm not going to. If we're going to be the church, then we have to. We have to let God. We we have to keep our sight, our eyes on who Jesus is. Okay, this is the steps right here. We have to keep our eyes on who Jesus is. All right, looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Okay, so he's our he he's our predestined path. He's what we look to. He's he's the finish line. He's the goal. He's the prize. Okay, he's it. And so if I'm watching him then I know that he's going to make sure I know exactly how he feels about me. Okay. And if he's going to help me understand exactly how he feels about me, he's also going to help me understand how he feels about everybody else. And so if we could just let that be like the, 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 the Trinity of our thinking, okay, Jesus, others, ourselves, you know, if we could just let that be the Trinity of our thinking, then it would really help us to actually be the church. Yes. And the church is what, but the body of Christ. Yeah. Okay. You said, you know, uh, you, you, you alluded to something earlier about us being, you know, our, we're not, I know we're not God, but that's just it. We are the Jesus that the world is supposed to see. We're the body of Christ. We ought to be what looks most like Jesus in this world. Okay. And while no, we're not calling ourselves God, we're, we are the body of Christ. And so for us to look like him, then we've got to yield to who he is, his spirit and his word so that others will see what he looks like. Now we don't do this because it makes us a better Christian. We don't do this because it attains or obtains some type of grace. We do this because we absolutely love and adore the one who loves and adores us. Okay. Now, if I'm going to do that, then I'm going to strive to follow the fruit of the spirit. And I'm going to allow myself to yield my flesh and who I am, my personality, my, my properties to the one who owns this property. Okay. Who bought and paid for it. And if I'm yielding to him, then he's going to cause me to become a spiritual person. Okay. Larry's not spiritual, but the one inside of me is, and he's going to start causing me to be seen himself to be seen in my life. Now, if I'm, if I, if I'm letting him be seen in my life, then you can go to a verse like Galatians chapter six, verse one says, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering myself, thus I'll also be tempted. And I may have missed the verse a little bit. Okay. Don't hang me. Um, <laughs> so if, if, if I'm being spiritual, then I'm, 
I'm going to see someone, God's going to let me see into someone's life and see that they just need some attention, some love. Okay. Um, and I, I, I'm going to go ahead and share. All right. Um, it's, it's, so anyways, um, I talked about, you know, uh, uh, when I was smoking in that situation, there was a point in time in my life before I gave my life fully over to God, which was around 2005, uh, around 2003, I ran from anything that possibly could, uh, uh, uh allow me to be in the ministry. Uh, I tried to do everything I could to ruin the, the chances of me being in the ministry. And I got my life back into, um, some really bad situations, uh, and uh, and I don't, I'm not going to glorify anything. I just I was I was being old, Larry, and I was not yielding to the Spirit. The problem is, you had asked this question earlier about what about you know as you go up the totem pole, so to speak, of the church. I had been doing that over the the years um, from '98 till 2003. I had been doing that. I had been I had become a bus captain. I was doing a Sunday school class. I was doing junior church. I was a church officer, and I had been even preaching from the pulpit. Okay, um, I I thought God. I, 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 I knew God had called me to preach, but then when God said he wanted me a pastor, I said, nope, nope. And I, I, I got back into being old Larry. Well, um, when everything came to light about a year and a half later, um, when everything came to light now, all the things that I was doing, I had, I was overtaken in sin. Not that I was caught, but sin was running my life. Okay. The spirit was not running my life. Sin was. All right. And so be sure your sin to find you out. Okay. That's Bible. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall also reap. God will make sure because he loves you that somebody loves you. All right. Now, God used my wife. My wife, man, you talk about somebody that has showed the compassion and the love of Christ to someone that was not deserving to it. And then because I knew, I knew that all my faults, were going to cause me to not be able to hold my positions. I knew that my faults were going to keep me from being what the church thought I had to be. So I went to my pastor and I said, look, you know that I'm doing this, this, and this. And so I'm going to resign from the bus, the Sunday school, and being a church officer. And he looked me square in the face and he said, nope, not going to let you do that. Now, I could have swore that's what he was going to do. That's what I had seen in so many aspects of the church, not just not so much him, so to speak, but in the church. And I'd seen it so many times and in other people's situations. And so I just knew this was this. is, And I was I was literally I was acting like I was doing something noble. But really, what I wanted to do was just get as far away from church and God as I possibly could, because that's where my life was at. Why? I was overtaken in sin. But thank God for a spiritual man someone who was loving God and trying to love me, who prayed for me, says, I'm going to pray for you. So I'm not going to let you preach from the pulpit. He says, but I'm not going to let you resign all these other things. And then when you're ready to preach, you let me know. I went home to my wife and I was like, because uh, I told her what I was doing. He wouldn't let me step down. She goes, what? I said, yeah, he wouldn't let me step down. Well, I praise God that the man didn't let me step down because had he let me step down, it wouldn't have been but a month or so. And I'd have got completely out of church and maybe a couple more months after that, I'd have probably left my wife and my kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because that's the right, that's the direction that Larry Hoff was heading. That's the direction that I was going, but it's not the direction that Jesus Christ was. And it's not the direction he wanted his child to go. So what did he do in his foreknowledge? He put things and people in my life 
when they found out my faults, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And they prayed for me. Not one time did pastor come to me and say, did you quit doing that? Did you quit doing that? Not one time did he pound me over the head and say, are you still doing that? You better get that right or I'm going to have to do something. Not one time. But you know what? He prayed for me. He prayed with me several times. I go to him, you know, I need some prayer. And I'm so, I praise God. After April 15, 2005, I went to him and I said, I'm ready to preach again. I felt the, the, the peace of God in my life that I had quit doing those things, not quit doing those things so I could preach. I quit doing those things so I could be spirit-filled to preach. Okay? Preach the right way, not, you know, I preach plenty of times the wrong way. Yell. Not just get up and holler or something, yeah. right? Now, in you sharing, all that comes to my mind is that your pastor cared about you. I'm not even going to add anything to that. He cared about you. He cared about you to the point that he did not go by a church polity. He did not go of some church discipline way. And I'm not saying he was out of scripture, I'm uh, out of context or out, out of, uh, he, uh, he was not. Can I interrupt you real quick? The church constitution does not negate the Holy Bible or the Holy Spirit. Go ahead. Okay. So he operated in the realm, not like you said, the church constitution. He operated in the realm of caring about you to the point of what is his need? Let's see his need above my need. Because if it was his need, like your pastor's need above your need, what would he have done? Most likely, I'm, I'm total speculation. This is not a straw man. He would have been like, well, this is an embarrassment. I need to handle this right way. And it's all like, what do I need to do to be right? Instead of what does that person need? And that is, that right there to me is it. Okay, so let's go down a few years down the road. My pastor's passed away. God's plan for my life was coming, coming through because he wanted me to pastor this church. And that's what I was running from in 2003. Here I am pastoring this church. And then... Folks are doing things just like folks have always done things. And so a man in my church comes to me. He says, did you know this is going on? I said, yes. He says, what are you going to do about it? I said, nothing. He said, but you're the pastor and you know, they're doing this. I said, okay. Um, what am I going to do? Well, you're supposed to go to them. And, and so he used some, scriptures out of context and i said no sir and i said let me ask him i said did you know i used to do this he goes no i said how about this no i said how about this no because what he wanted me to do is he wanted me to bring these people before the church and have them publicly confess okay he wanted them to be brought before the church and embarrassed or be churched yeah churched yeah, churched. And I said, well, you didn't know I did all those things? And, I, and he goes, well, I mean, yeah, before you guys saved I said, no, 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 no. While I was here, while I was preaching, while I was serving, while I was doing all these things, his eyes got really big. And I said, you know why you didn't know that? Because it's none of your business. And I said, and my pastor didn't make sure it wasn't none of your business. And I said, and I shared the story with him. And I said, so I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do. 
I'm going to do what the Bible says. Now, that man is no longer part of my church. It wasn't long after that that he decided not to be a part of our church anymore. And guess what? I love him. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And to okay. clarify, you didn't kick him out. He. I did not. No, no, no. He left. Right. I have not one time. No, I, I've never kicked a member out of our church. I have kicked an individual out of our church or asked him to leave. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. For Maybe we ought to have a podcast yep. of the craziest things we've ever seen in the ministry. So. <laughs> Maybe. So that is a good idea. And this brings us to a good, that leads us, okay, because we were talking about the craziest things. When we talk about confession, I think that it it opens the door. To me, it's a gateway to talk about other areas that personally we need to let our minds be restructured because we've been programmed a certain way on how the body of Christ, <laughs> being the church, what that looks like. I think let's, let's do this for a few episodes. Not... Not doing church, but being the church. I agree. Being church. Being the church. All right. Love you, man. Uh, love if you, too. If you, real quick, if you have any uh, comments, feedback, we have had a lot of feedback. Uh, we're probably going to do some addressing of that sometime in the future. Um, and if that is the case, you can email at therestructurepodcast at gmail.com. Also, we're on Facebook. Uh, under the Restructure Podcast. We also have a Twitter page. Hashtag would, handle Twitter feed name under what? It would be uh, at Restructured PC. At Restructured PC. I think it's the Restructured, yeah, the Restructured PC. At, at the Restructured PC. I think so. Now I have to look. Now, I have, now I'm confused. Anyways, just look up the Restructured Podcast. If it's a, if you're on Twitter, you're probably on Facebook as well, and you'll know what our logo looks like. So, right, there you go. yeah, it's green. Please. It says Restructure. So. It does. It does, and it's a very unique logo. So, um, please do that. Love you, brother. God bless you. Yeah.